a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. As usual, of course, I'm Steve Mathis. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. If you go there and you check out over 700 trusted brands on their website uh, and you use the code PB-PULP16, you will save at MotorcycleSuperstore.com on anything you need from, your, from the latest parts and gear. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, they drive to be the place for you to go check out all things motorcycles with top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. Thanks to those guys, and also Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. If they don't have Fox, go to another dealer because, um, um, you know, really, they, they, they should have Fox. Ryan Dungy, Kenny Rocks, and just some of the guys that wear Fox Racing, foxhead.com, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. All right, with me on the line, uh, former factory Kawasaki rider, former Geico Honda rider, former TLD rider, former Star Yamaha rider. He's hanging it up. There goes my hero, Will Hahn. What's up, Wilbur? Uh, just, uh, I guess living in retired life. <laughs> you just got back from uh, uh, Australia, which um, went pretty well, I guess. Um, but you, you announced your retirement. You're going to work for Geico Honda. We'll get into that. Um, I guess first, what's it like? Like, you're back from Australia. When do you start at Geico Honda? When does that start? Uh, Monday. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's just been it's been weird because like you know for so many years that I feel like you wake up Monday morning and or you know it's like for instance you know Friday morning after Thanksgiving you have a goal you're normally at the test track mm-hmm. um, anything like that and it's like this morning I woke up and it's like it's just it's it's a weird feeling um, you know not to say it's not a good one but it's still a bit different from for sure. the norm you yeah. know we lived that for so long and. and um, it's definitely a different feeling. Like obviously, I got really sick coming home, so right now I wouldn't be doing much anyway. But uh-huh. um, yeah, so yeah, it's just different. Like I'm waking up with like no pro t- uh, program or like you know routine <laughs> that I'm stepping into. It's just kind of like normally this time of the year, close to December first, it's starting to get kind of crunch time for Anaheim, and it's it's weird not feeling that um, you know uh, pressure slash like excitement. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I've talked to you know a few guys that have done this and. Like, you've never had a job, right? Have you ever had a job? No, I mean, I, obviously, I grew up working on a farm. But yeah, I but I mean, a job, yeah, you know? no, not not from like, all right, I'm going to work, you know, Monday through Friday. No, no, no I've never, I've never done anything like that. Right. Um, it's so bizarre. But now, you, so you've you've never had a job, and now you have to be somewhere every day, <laughs> weekends off. Weird. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because when we're when we're racing, it's like you still have to answer to people, and you know, you still have bosses and stuff like that. But it's not it's not the same. You don't have this. Um, I mean, it's pretty tough to get in trouble with your boss in in moto unless you're being a complete idiot. So, <laughs> right. Um, but um, 
Well, hey, so uh, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Australia, uh, how'd it go? Did you like it? You did six, there's six rounds, I think, and then uh, and then a straight rhythm thing-ish, kind of. Um, you rode down, went down there, rode Kawasaki's. How'd you like that? For me, I kind of already knew what I was going to do. I had a plan. And obviously, I was actually going to start working for Geico October 1st. Uh And uh, this this deal came about with uh, with Troy, Carroll, and Kawasaki. And it was just kind of a last-minute thing, Uh but something I felt like I needed to do. I felt like ending my career with the crash in Atlanta was just going to be kind of tough to, like, leave it at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. so for me, I felt like it was something I needed to do just because strictly, I think leaving the sport on an injury would be tough without, you know, regardless of results in Australia, I wanted to go have some fun and enjoy mm-hmm. leaving the sport knowing that you still love it, not with a little bit of, yeah. I don't know if you want to call it regret or animosity, because obviously you're angry when you get hurt. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're in it long enough. I knew when I got up in Atlanta, uh, as I'm walking off the track, and I know my shoulder's ruined, and right. you, you know at that moment you're not getting re-signed. Um, regardless, you know, of how they knew it before that, mm-hmm. you just kind of already knew. So yeah. it, it just kind of sets in that it's like, you know, reality, where you're like, well, now what? And um, so that was frustrating, but at the same time, um, you know, it was, it was definitely worth going down there. Then the, the competition was good. The tracks were uh, different. Uh, they weren't bad. It was just... Uh, Obviously, I watched a bunch of races before I went there to kind of know what I was getting into, but uh, it's always different once you're there in person. Mm-hmm. And some of them were better than I thought. Some of them were worse than I thought they would be. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but the, as far as the team goes um, and stuff like that, it was, it was ran very professional, um, similar to what we have here. Not quite as big of a scale, no, but, yeah. um, you know, same type of goals. I mean, obviously, they got sponsors paying them, and they, they need results, and, um you know, obviously I wanted to win some races, but Justin was riding well, and so were the other guys. And, yep. Uh, we still did good, got some podiums. That, I mean, regardless of where you go on the podium at, it feels good when you haven't when you haven't touched that uh, in quite a while. So I haven't been on the podium since 2013, so just to have that feeling and, mm-hmm. you know, pop the champagne and, and, and have everything sure. in the pits happy with you rather than coming in and getting, you know, a ninth or, <laughs> or whatever, it, it felt good. Um, yeah, you know what? I never really thought of that, but... Having some closure is nice. Like you said, if you hadn't gone, it literally would have been, you know, your crash in Atlanta with you and Short and Filthy um, on the first lap. That would have been the last time you raced professionally. And then big deal. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. None of that matters. But, yeah, there's got to be a little bit of, of, uh, of desire to not let that be your moment. Right? Yeah, I like that. No, exactly. Uh, I feel like that that was what I, I like you said, in, in the end of the day, no, it wouldn't have been, you know, uh, a deciding factor in it. Right. I, and I already had my mind made up, but at the same time, yeah, I think it would have been tough, like, you know, say right now for me to be like, man, that's the last time I, I raced my dirt bike, especially, like, full time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I feel like it would have been tough to just kind of sit on that for my career and, yeah, like I said, I think regardless of the results, it was definitely worth going. I had a I had a blast. Uh, they made it really fun again. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the last two years, uh, Kawasaki has treated me great over here. But I didn't have that much fun. And I really struggled with injuries and crashing. And when I was racing, I didn't feel like I was doing how I should have been doing. And I'm sure they didn't either. Yeah. And uh, so that's always frustrating to take, too. So it was nice to kind of 
yeah, have some, you know, mediocre success over there and, and you know, see the team happy with the results and, mm-hmm. um, and have a good time doing it. Um, if there's a retirement pie, I do this thing on the Pulp Show, Blame Pie. If there's a retirement pie, you told me a while ago that your arm isn't exactly 100%. Maybe It may never get that way between with the multiple shoulder and arm injuries you've had. But for cause of retirement, like if there's a retirement pie, how much do injuries take up of that pie? Like you just you couldn't do what you know what you need to do because of your arm and shoulder, and how much of it was just you know fed up of getting hurt, and how much of it was I can't get a ride that pays me anything in this tough in this day and age? Like what are the percentages? Um, how much would you break that down? Uh, it's 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 a kind of a I wouldn't say anything to do with really getting a ride. I think that uh, I like to think that I could have put something together regardless of what it may have been. It may not have been exactly what I wanted or what I felt like I, I needed to go, but I know I could have probably put something together. Um, even though, I mean, yeah, it, the, the rides are pretty desolate right it's now. It's brutal, you know, like, man. Yeah, it's it, brutal. It really is. Um, you see a guy like Dean Wilson not signed right now. It's just, it's to me, you know, five years ago, that would have been absolutely unheard of. So, mm-hmm. Mookie? Um, Mookie? Yeah. yeah you know, you know yeah. the last year's 2D champion not signed right now, Like that, that to me is pretty uh, insane. Yeah. Um, but at, at the bottom line, so, I mean, I've had a fair share of concussions, mm-hmm. which I, I've never been scared on my bike, and, and, I, and I never really, um, I've never been scared of getting hurt. As you guys know, I've been hurt a lot, and I've never been, like, on the gate going, like, man, I could get hurt tonight. I've yeah. never felt like that, and I still don't feel like that. Um, but I know when I woke up from surgery this last time, everyone kind of told me that, you know, you know when it's, when it's time. Mm-hmm. And I woke up from surgery this last time, and I just... I just knew. I don't. I don't know how to put it in the words yeah, exactly, yeah. but I just sat there and I'm like, I don't want to do this too many more times to myself. Where, you know, I can't be good for you. All the anesthesia and, and all the meds. And, no. Um, and then obviously, yeah. The, the, the bottom line was it was a concussion thing for me. Um, I went through a lot of tests this last time. That I, I got one uh, during the summer in 2015 um, during outdoors. We were testing and I, I went down and got knocked out pretty good. And, one really messed with me a bit because I had a really, you know, every time I've gotten a concussion, you have the normal symptoms of, yeah. like, you know, what happened, where am I, you wake up, you gather your thoughts, shit starts coming back together. Well, <laughs> right. this time I, I, I could not remember getting back to the truck. Like, I didn't remember getting my clothes back on. Yeah. Um, and, and that really messed with me a bit, and I went through a lot of testing and then kind of educated myself more and more on the concussions. And it's not like there's a certain number where you hit, you know, 14, and you're like, all right, that's, that's enough because there is no – you know, definite science to it. It's just, no, it's, you know, yeah. I don't think we know. Yeah. We really don't know. No. And that's, that's the scary thing for me was, you know, I've had enough to, to call it a career, um, which was scary in its own mind mm-hmm. and, to, and to sit down with a doctor and then, you know, him, you know, ask you, okay, start from the beginning and tell me all your concussions. And, you know, um, when I went through it and he added it all up, I'm sitting here going like, you know, like what, wow. You yeah. When you really think about it, because, all of us try to avoid that. And that's just the way, that's the nature of our sport is no one wants to face that reality. And, and I don't blame them. And I was the same way. And once I kind of faced this, I was like, you know, I really can't afford anymore. No. Um, just because I don't know the long-term effects. And that's what's scary. You know, a bone is, it's not great, but you can, get, you can put it back together again. Um, and yeah, it might cause a little bit of pain, but for the most part, it's, it's something that you can operate with the rest of your life. 
And your head to me was like that. That was kind of deciding factor to me was like, man, I just I don't know how many more I can take before. Am I not going to be the same? And, mm-hmm. and, and I might not even know I'm different. Like maybe I'm being different to everyone else, but I don't even know it. No, you know? you've, so, you've totally changed, bro. You used to be way cooler. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I did used to be cool. I used to put chicks and I used to do all kinds of cool stuff. But right. Now I just, just kind of hang out with my dog and that's about it. <laughs> right. You and your dog have in-depth conversations. Maybe that's a sign yeah, that, just, that's a sign that you should, that yeah. you should hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, and then obviously the injuries play into it too. Um, my arm was pretty destroyed after St. Louis in 2014 and did a good job putting it back together and mm-hmm. it wasn't, perfect but came yeah. that season and then did it again and that really um kind of set in with that arm was just like man, it just uh never really got great again so at this point um i'll do some testing probably and then get all the metal out of my arm and yeah. uh, let it kind of heal the way it needs to because at, th- at this point as long as i keep racing it was hard to get the metal out because we yeah we can't ever afford to take more time off than than you know than uh necessary mm-hmm. like an injury or something like that unfortunately happens then maybe you could do it but um so for that, yeah, I think I needed more than anything. I was sitting there. I'm like, I need a year of of no injuries, you know, of yep. just to get, regardless of my body, mentally healthy again. Because mm-hmm. you know, to say it doesn't take a toll on you to continuously get injured, it's you're lying to yourself because it it is. You know, even if you're just thinking it subconsciously, it's um, it takes a toll on you, and, and you start to wonder, do I really want to keep doing this? Because you know, well, for one, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And just all the other normals to it. Um, the, the other line to that, too, is, you know, you have guys like, you know, Roxon and Benji. No, I haven't been on their level, but for me to have a chance at being on their level, I, I can't keep taking three months off no. you know, every six months. You know, there's no – you can't play catch-up to that. Yeah. And that's what was frustrating to me is I, I was getting results that I didn't feel like I should be getting. I felt like I should be doing better than I was. Um, which is always easy to, you know, it's always easy to go shoot a kind of woulda and, right. you know, if I hadn't got hurt, I'd be doing this and that. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, you bottom know, line is I was, I was frustrated, you know, and I, I felt like in 2014 on the 450, I put in some good results and, um, was capable of being a, uh, you know, a regular top five guy. And obviously it didn't go the way I wanted to, mm-hmm. but once I came back and I wasn't really getting close to where I felt like I was belonging that's when things start to go, okay, you know, uh, it's not adding up. Um, So the work that we all put in and stuff like that, you have expectations, and I just wasn't meeting them for myself, let alone the team. So, yeah, I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I think that um, this last time I've gotten hurt, and I I think I went went east and I was at Wyndham's house, and, you know, he's, Uh you know, obviously being a good friend and telling me, I, I, he didn't think, you know, I think that he felt like I could have kept going no problem. Like he was reassuring me that, but, um, yeah, I was just back there and I'm like, man, I just, I think that this is it. I think yep. it just, in my mind, I felt like, and I talked to a lot of good people around me too. Like, you know, I'd obviously I become good friends with Michael Rocco and, yep. um, sat in his office for a while and just talked to him about it. Cause you know, you just talk to people that have been through it and, and how they kind of, you know, why they let go. And, you know, it all comes down to the bottom line is, at some point in time, it just the risk to reward just mm-hmm. isn't quite there anymore. No, you're exactly right. Um, you know what's funny too, though. Like you've had some crashes, some bad ones, and I I, I went through this a little bit with with Red Dog. Um, they're not all you. They weren't all your fault. Which yeah. look, it, 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 shit happens. You sign up for it. Um, 
you can't get mad at Kawasaki or Honda or anybody else because there's, as a former mechanic, you know, there, there's hundreds of moving parts, maybe thousands of moving parts every time you go around the track. And sometimes things go wrong, whether it's car racing, whether it's dirt bike racing. But on top of it, there's times where you're just like, what else? Like, I know of two things for you where it really wasn't your fault. And a guy like, you're just like, oh, like, screw F me, right? Like, it happens. And again, you can't get mad at anybody because it's racing. But the one, you know, you can least afford it. You, Will Hahn, could least afford something to go wrong with your motorcycle to cause an injury. And yet that happened at least twice. Yeah, and that's that's well. The bottom line for me was this this last time I, I sat there so frustrated in Asterix in Atlanta. I was just sitting in the truck going like, you know, obviously there's always should have could have would have moments, and, and we'll always have that looking back on a career. You know, any time you look in the past, mm-hmm. um, I could have done this a little bit different. I could have done that, but I got up from there. And I'm like, how, how in the hell could I have avoided that? You know, yeah, I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm just in the air, and a bike's flying across, and I hit it and go down, and I'm hurt. And it's like, yeah, and, and there's other instances. Yeah, the bikes break, and that's that's reality of our sport. We're not we're not in a little cage. We don't we don't have four wheels, and, and you know when stuff breaks, normally, especially on a supercross track, you know, it's uh, there's not much room for error there. No. Um, and so, yeah, those things happen, and, and we know that when we sign the contracts. That's why they they do pay you good money, and um, and, and at the end of the day, it's the reality of it. None of us like it. The teams don't like it. That when when they see that happen, they know and oh, yeah. they're not happy about it. You know, and they're, they're not they're not you know they're just as bummed as you are. But at the end of the day, again, it's our sport, and that's the way it is. But um, but it's like it that the frustrations out. But like it doesn't happen to other guys, and also too going back to injury, like like I've seen Carmichael at some races. I've seen Ricky absolutely, you know. Uh, weed himself and he should be hurt and yet he got up all this all those times you know um and i just think sometimes you're just like why can't i do that why can't i be rubber guy you know some guys aren't that's it Millsap's another guy seems to you know go down and and hurt himself and it's just another thing where you're like wait a minute here you know because some of the stuff i'm sure that you've hurt yourself out hasn't been well you've had some big ones but um it's just another reason to be like why me yeah, sometimes it definitely you start feeling sorry for yourself in a way, but then I let that go a long time ago because I'm just like it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, as frustrating as it as it definitely is, it's it's something that's just out of your control most of the time. And, and uh, yeah, but it, like you said, it doesn't take any of the frustrations out when you're sitting there like, well, everyone else bounced up from this crash. Yeah. Like, why couldn't yeah. I? Right. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that, like I said, doesn't 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 change that. But yeah, it definitely a few times I've just been scratching my head, going like, "What else do I need to do? Like, am I, am I a bad person?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, Racer X podcast with Will Hahn. Uh, PB Pulp sixteen is the code to save money. Um, how are you doing financially wise? I mean, obviously, look, you're going back to work uh, for Geico, but you know, uh, Travis Preston told me also, you know, he he's got a bunch of money saved up, but he doesn't want to go through it right now, so he got a job at Yamaha. Uh, were you able to save without showing us your bank balance, Wilbur? Were you able to save some money and and all that and uh, with your you know your championship bonus and and the years at that factory teams and, and you're doing all right, or uh, do we need to have a, a GoFundMe or how, how's that going? Um, I'm in a good spot. You know, I'm lucky that I had good people around me when I, when I made um, that, that money with the championship, and then the years following, I made pretty good money. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy. I'm in a good spot. Uh, obviously, it could always be better. Yeah, like I could have made a little bit more, but right. at the end of the day, yeah, I'm, I'm even happy. I, I have a nice house that I'm comfortably in, and uh, I gotta be thankful for that. And I have a rental property now, and I'm excited about that. That's something I kind of always dreamt of, and you know, I've been lucky in my career not really um, own my vehicles and stuff like that. So right. Um, yeah, I have I have something in the bank, which is nice um, to, to leave with. And obviously, yeah, I don't have enough to not work ever again, which, I mean, I don't think very many of us will. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a select few that do. Um, but at the same time, yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, not hurting, but obviously, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you still got to work. Right. Um, so you told me this Geico gig came up a while ago. Uh, and talking to Jeff Myshak and Ziggy and The Rock and everything else, they kind of... They'd kind of who approached who? Did they say, "Hey, when you're ready, we got something for you," or did you say, "What do you guys got for me if I do decide to hang it up?" Like, how did the genesis of this testing uh, amateur Geico Honda deal come together? Uh, I think it was just kind of a mutual thing. They they actually told me in the hospital a couple of years ago that you know when you're ready, there's going to be a spot here for you, just so you know, and, and that was. So comforting in the moment, especially when you're, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, laying there. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? And, and Dude, they're so they're good guys down there, like Ziggy and Jeff, and and I don't know Mike Grundall at all, and the the Rock. Like it's a re, it's it's a great team. They they've they've done a really good job over there. I'm happy that they did that for you. That's cool. I I know, and it's something that then I think about it. Like, well, why me? Out of all the guys, you know, that is written for them, uh, they've had. Great guys come to there that I'm still currently friends with. Um, I'm just I'm just lucky that the years that I was there, I made enough of an impression that they wanted me back around. Um, which mm-hmm. that that feels really good in itself. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean I've been on teams that have kind of treated you, you know, um, like a commodity. Know how to put it in it. Like a commodity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're strictly business. Which I, at the same time, I, for them, I understand that, you know, and they could have done the same thing, and I wouldn't have had any hard feelings. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I was there, I actually felt you felt like family, and they actually care. You know, it's like Jeff calling you, checking on you, and Ziggy texting you, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then I always have a mic around. It's just, um, it's really tough to put into words. But I always felt like that there, and especially after coming off of a couple teams that, you know, quit paying you, and, you know, <laughs> right. you out to hang and dry, and these guys, um, you know, obviously took good care of me while I I raced their bike three times in two years. So yeah. Um, and then, then we signed me, which at that point I had no idea why, you know, I was sitting in Texas and, you know, Jeff had offered me another deal and I'm like, really? I'm like, what am I sign? You know, give me a I pen right now. I need yeah, a pen yeah, right I'm, now. Like, Whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Like it sounds good. You know, and, um, I'm glad it paid off for both of us and I was able to do it in the championship and it, and it showed, um, you know, for them, I think that the biggest thing in me finally believing in myself was that I had these guys believing in me when I didn't believe in myself anymore, you know, so, um, yeah, I'll forever be thankful for that, and I hope that I can hopefully help them groom up uh, some guys that are going to deliver more championships. Yeah, I mean, really, they um, they 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 should have let you go, and I've talked to Jeff about this. Many, many teams, if not most, would have let you go, and they liked you. They thought this kid, can, if he can healthy, he can win races. Or, or do very well, put on the podium every week, and you know what? It rewarded them with a title, with a Supercross title. And, um, you know, 
Bichelia, they kept him for maybe a year longer than some people would have, but they liked him, and they still like him, and they still think he's a good dude. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys throughout. Uh, Chris Gossler probably had a ride yeah. at, at, at Factory Connection when it was Factory. I don't think it was Geico then. Longer than his results warranted, but they liked Little Goose, and they kept him on. This is what these guys do. Yeah, it's it's very few and far between in our sport. Like again, I, I get that it boils down to business, and if you're not calculating the results that are you know giving them checks to continue to go racing, then fair enough. Um, I get that, but for some reason, these guys always seem to see something more in you than just bottom line results. And um, yeah, that's something special that they have that, like I said, not many people uh, in the sport really have mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and I, you know, you never want to leave a team like that. Like even when I left in fourteen, I was like, man, I don't really want to leave. You know, <laughs> I was happy to go to Factory Kawasaki. I was yeah, really yeah. thankful for that. But right. at the same time, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to leave. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, hey, um, the the new gig with Geico, you're going to be working with the amateur guys, the Amsoil amateur team, um, and then doing some testing for the race team. Is, is it? Um, like, I know The Rock does some testing for the race team, but is it a case of The Rock getting older and they need a guy who's, you know, a little better? Or I don't want to say better. That's probably a bad thing to say. But a little more uh, current to racing, is that kind of what they're thinking with getting you there? Uh, I think so. And obviously, when I when I wrote to them, Mike and I worked really closely together on a lot of the testing because uh, I was one of the few that lived in California, so I did the majority of the testing when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I've established this, uh, relationship with with the not only the suspension guys, but obviously Mike, and uh, I know we see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, and I think that yeah, I can be beneficial to being involved in the in the testing as far as that goes. And I don't, I mean, how much longer does Mike really want to ride? You know, well, I, I don't yeah. blame him. No, I, I, yeah, so I, I agree. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but I'm assuming that you know he probably doesn't want to ride much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that, and hopefully, yeah, he can kind of teach me some, you know, his. Um, benefits of testing because there was times where I know in like 2012 and even 13 Mike would go ride our our bikes on like a you know like a turn track mm-hmm. or like a vet track say at Milestone mm-hmm. he would come in and go alright go ride it on the supercross track and I'm sitting there going like you know I'm fully doubting it because I'm, I'm going like, well he just went on a turn track and a vet outdoor track so how's he going to tell me that these yeah. tracks are better at the weeks <laughs> right you know, whatever, like, whatever Rock, La Rock, whatever LaRocco yeah, beat it yeah I'm like I'm like okay whatever I go out and they'd be better and I'm like what you know like mm-hmm. so I mean, i'm excited to be a part of that and then learn the bike how he has to where he can feel those type of things on a on a track that you really shouldn't be able to mm-hmm. um so yeah no i think that that was something that's cool made me believe in him and obviously i think they believe in me obviously to to want me to kind of continue this role and then um i'm excited to go to the, the amateur races and um have to learn that all over again i've been out of the amateurs for almost 10 years now so it's going to be you know, I don't know anybody there anymore, hardly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's exciting to kind of learn that again and then maybe even do a couple of amateur races. I don't know. Uh, I think my plus 25 eligibility is there because, well, I haven't raced that much in the last two years. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, hopefully I'd like to be able to do something like that to where I'm at the tracks, you know, at the races with these amateurs, and I can relate to them because I also just was on the track, not mm-hmm. just telling them, like, oh, you got to hit that corner better because, you know, that guy just did it. No, I want to be able to, like, relate to them and, well, you know, feel what they're feeling, and yeah. there, there's, there's, here's, here's where I think you can really help. I don't like the way amateur motocross has exploded, and it's, it's uh, uh, all or nothing and homeschooled, and these kids are getting way too blah blah. I'm not going to get off of that tangent again. But here's where you can help. 
It's become such a big business, amateur motocross. There's tons of leeches in amateur motocross. And I think yeah. a guy like you can, can pull a family aside and be like, look, here's a good agent. Here's a good gear company. Here's a good team. Don't go yeah. there. Don't talk to that guy. Listen, here's my experience. And that's invaluable stuff because a lot of these dudes are making mistakes um, off the track as soon as they get get to become pros or you know upper tier amateurs. And I think a guy like you can be like, mm, don't do that. Yeah, and I hope that I can relate to them, and, and they they believe me because I was just there, you know, pretty recently in the sport and experienced uh, a lot of the highs and lows of dealing with companies like that. And, um, yeah, hopefully I can, you know, they, they trust in me. And, yeah, uh, that's that's the goal in that. And I think that even with the training side of things, uh, I know John, the trainer at Geico, um, really well, and I know that he kind of wants me to be involved in that, and, you know, kind of reassure the guys, or even if I'm at the track with them and, and helping and, mm-hmm. um, you know, assure them that they're going the right direction, uh, that it takes any of the questioning out. Yeah. I think the, the, the hardest thing in our sport is none of these kids that are coming up are scared to do the work. It's it's a matter of believing in it. Like, I've always been the guy that, if you think you need to do the elliptical for 20 minutes a day, and that's it, and you think you can win on that, then you probably should do that. But you, need to, you know what I mean? I'm not right, saying you should right. do that, but you yeah. need to do it you believe in. Well, right, so, yeah. Um, bottom line is, is you gotta get to that point where you find something that you truly believe in, and then it, you will you will get the results that you want. So, um, yeah, hopefully I can be there to kind of um, you know reassure that belief back into them, and, and then obviously, yeah, exciting to kind of you know maybe sign some amateur kids. I think that's going to be something for for me that's a new challenge and something to decide on to see something in a kid at a young age that mm-hmm. you hope in you know five six years that he can produce. Um, which is always a gamble, but at the yeah. same time, you, you kind of get the idea if someone's going to perform or not. And as far as the testing side, um, when you weren't injured at Factory Cowie these last two years, you probably learned a lot there too because, uh, again, I've been on a factory team. You test, 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 and then you test some more, and it probably helped you a ton, huh, with that? Yeah, for sure. Working with the Showa guys and then obviously all the Cowie guys, uh, from chassis to, to motor to, to engine suspension, and, and you know all that stuff, it's um, I definitely learned a lot. It was like you said, it was pretty much day in and day out, and especially me being here full time and you know, and call and you know, I being in Colorado a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the focus was set on the me when I wasn't injured and, and we got to test quite a bit. So I really enjoyed working with those guys and yeah, I think it made me more knowledgeable. I think anything I mean I look back like when I was on NBK KTM and I'm testing and I'm like, you know, no idea what's going on. <laughs> right, um, just... They're like throwing stuff at me and I'm like, I don't really know if it's better or not. I, I don't I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. It's all okay, you know. And, yeah. and then you finally learn what you kind of want out of a dirt bike, and uh, which is always more challenging because everyone, not every setting is going to work for all the guys on the team. But no. hopefully, you kind of learn what they're after, and you can you can kind of pinpoint that and and go from there. Yeah, I mean, a guy like R.J. Hampshire, I mean, he's taller than you, he's heavier than you, he rides differently than you, and you can be like, look, I don't like this, but I think R.J. may like this the way he rides, the way he sits on the bike, his weight you know, everything else, I think he may like this, right? I mean, that's kind of part of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that, that you got to have your mindset in a different area. I'm not, the, the most thing I'm going to have to remember is I'm not setting the bike up for me to go race, you know, anymore. It's going to be more for these guys now. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays. The Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, 
And a motorcycle superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Um, looking, back on, looking back on your career, um, I got to say, 
if I had to pick a Han that was gonna, that was going to win a 250 Supercross title, I definitely would have said your brother Tommy, um, just from you know his skill set and and his speed coming up through amateurs. When you got let go from Star um, before the MDK KTM thing, I mean. You're probably like, wow, welcome to the pros. I get one chance and I'm out. And thankfully, MDK KTM found a place for you that you put in some results. But when they folded, um, you kind of had nowhere to go either. And then that's when you were an injury, injury replacement at TLD, huh? Yeah, no, it was honestly my first two years of being pro. I was kind of like, if this is what it's like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> you know, like, as sad as that was, I was yeah. just like, man, okay, I got, I got let go at the last race of the year, which all, all of us know that's like for us to possibly get let go. You're like, uh, okay, so everyone signed. Uh, yeah, you had a two-year deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I had a two-year deal at the time, so I'm going to Steel City, like, you know, getting 12th or whatever I got that day, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know, you're like learning, Come you're right. Year, yeah, you're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, next year I'll do a little bit better, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I won't. <laughs> I remember I remember freaking out there. It was after the second moto, and Bobby had told me, and I'm, I just went around to all the trucks, and I'm like, look, I'll – I ride for free. Like I, yeah. I didn't know what else to do at the time. You know, I went to I went to Factory Connection then. And obviously, all their guys were signed, and I'm like, oh, I mean, what do I have to do? Like, I'll slip the floors. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to ride. You know, Bobby at Star told you after the right after the second moto. Yeah, it was at Steel City that day um, <laughs> at the last round, and I'm like, uh, okay, wow. You know, I'm like, wow, it's pretty brutal, and and so I just went around to all the teams that day, and I think that I had talked to, I think Ryan Sides had told me that, that hey. There's a spot at MBK. It's mm-hmm. Supercross only. Yep. Um, if you want to maybe, you know, do it. And I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I guess I you know got to at least give it a shot. And then yeah, we ended up making a deal work. And then obviously how that team kind of fell apart with um, Kwame and stuff like that. I was really lucky that KTM was so good to me. Um, they you know they they took me aside and you know helped me still pay my bonuses and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah at some point, tough, at some point, Kwame just threw the keys on the table and was like, "I'm out. I don't want to pay anybody." Yeah, I basically bailed on the whole thing, and it was sad because I'm sitting there going, um, "Like, wow, you know, this is how everyone is." This yeah, yeah. Operate. Welcome, like, welcome to man. professional racing. Yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty frustrated, but then you know what? In the time, you're always it's always worse than the time that you're in and freaking out and all this stuff. But then it ended up leading to, like, you know, one of the best things ever for me, which was Troy Lee. Um, you know, unfortunately, Christian had gotten hurt, and I stepped in there. And yeah. I was coming off injury. They, they signed me when I hadn't – I got hurt at U.S. Open. Oh, and, on the 450, uh, when you ride 450, right? You jumped in a – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. I think I qualified, like, third, <laughs> thinking that I was on top of the world. Probably just going to crush next year 450 Supercross. <laughs> like, screw the activities. Right. I'm, I'm the man. I'm going to win a 450 title now. And, right. Um, Ended up dislocating my elbow in the first turn there, and then uh, Ping had called me, and mm-hmm. I remember he called me, and what, what he had offered me for money to ride or whatever, right? And I, I sat there, and I'm like, dude, I'll just go back to farm for that. Like, I, I don't really have time to ride for that. Yeah. And at the time, I thought I'd had another deal, right? And, and um, Of course, right. <laughs> so they, they called me, and they're like, oh, that deal's off the table, and we're not going to have a race team. So I had to call Ping back and be like, yeah, I'm not so tough. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, t- know, I'll so. do that deal, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll take you off from the earlier if that's still good. Hey, did you have to try out for that deal or no? How'd that go? Did, did, no. no, okay. I know they had tryouts at one point. I didn't know if you were involved in those, but yeah. No, luckily at that point they just said, yeah, let's do it. I was in Texas actually building my Supercross track, and I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go for it. And, uh, like I said, it was one of the best things I ever did, getting to know Troy and uh, pinging the guys. And then my mechanic, Maddie there was, man, he was so pivotal and um 
you know, helped me go racing and get me to a place where I actually, you know, started to believe in myself. That all right, I you started knocking one of those guys up front. Yeah, you started knocking off podiums left and right. I remember all of us were like, "Wow, what a fill-in! What a job! Like, who, why didn't this guy have a ride?" You know? Yeah, no, it was weird because it, it ended up being like all of a sudden I'm like breaking out and like, man, I I belong in this class. Like, I was you know close to Weimar and all these guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that far off of getting a win here. Um, so that. That was really cool for me, and then uh, yeah, then obviously I got the offer from Geico. And I was um, trying to ride for Mitch um, as well, mm-hmm. but it just yeah. At the time, I, I was so torn between riding for Geico and staying with Troy's because they had been so good to me that um, it yeah, was a really tough decision. Yeah, Ping. I think Ping is still bitter to this day because I think the money was close, but you had said, "Look, I just I've always wanted to ride for Geico, you know, amateurs, and I know, and they were pretty bitter." But you, I mean, again, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah, it was it was it was really tough for me, and I think that a lot of people don't understand how hard of a decision that really was for me at that at that time. And because it wasn't, there was nothing I was unhappy with about the team. There was not one piece of Troy Lee that I was like, "This right. could be better." Yeah. You know, I, I just I loved every minute of it. Loved all the guys, and they, they actually offered me more money. Um, it was more than the guy. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, um, it wasn't much. No, right. it wasn't like it was like you know fifty grand more. But it was yes, it was more. Um, and and it was just something that. For some reason, in my heart, I felt like I needed to be a Geico. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's funny how um, like I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe this is um, this is just taking a guess, and I could be wrong. But I, I know you fairly well. Um, you're a nice guy. I think you've got you know you've got compassion. You've got feelings. I think maybe you're a, a bit sensitive. Remember when you got mad at me on Twitter? Um, but I'm going somewhere with this. So just hang on. Um, I th- and I think in an environment like Troy Lee, like that was a family team. You guys had these goofy things you had to do push-ups for. You had to get this stuff said on the podium. Uh, Troy and everybody tried to treat it like a family. And I think you being a that type of guy, uh, and I'm not. This isn't a knock on you at all or anything. That's why you thrived because you uh, again. You're like a you're you're not like a lot of these motocross robot guys. I don't think where. You know, you 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 you're not educated. You have no heart. You have you're just like this moto machine. I have a theory that you did well at Troy Lee because you are compassionate. You do have feelings. You are emotional, and those guys treated you like family, and you wanted to put in great results for them. Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree with that. And yeah, it was just funny where you felt so much at home all of a sudden. And yep, you felt so wanted, and, and yeah, it was just uh, like Mitch might have been wanna... like Mitch might have been a bad deal for you back then. It's a little it, more. It could have been. It's a little more business, you know. Yeah, and a lot more pressure when these guys were like just stoked to go racing. It didn't really matter. <laughs> right. Good, and it wasn't like that. But they were like, yeah, let's just go. Let's go have a good time doing it. Yeah. Um, like it was. We did. You know? It was the perfect spot for you. I think one of the rounds I had to say sperm whale on the podium. Uh huh. <laughs> and I and I had done so. I didn't ride good at all. I think I whole shot it. I had a good chance to win. I was fastest qualifying that day, and then I just, uh, I don't know, I put too much pressure on myself, I guess, and just choked. And uh, I think I remember saying, like, I floundered around out there like a sperm whale. And I think Ping almost peed his pants. <laughs> and, Classic. But stuff like that was, was great, you know. Uh-huh. I think that it, it made it fun for all of us. And Cole was doing so well. We were riding together every day, and man, we we, uh, we push each other so good. And it's such a positive atmosphere. Where you know, normally with a teammate like that, you see him getting faster, or beating you the test track. It, it was never, uh, you know, any kind of angry rivalry. It was like we wanted to 
we were stout when we were faster than each other at the test track. So like, we're getting better, dude. Like, we're both getting faster. Yeah. Uh, we're both pushing to the front now. And then I think we got second and third at San Diego. And then we had, like, a team podium there. And it was, like, unreal, you know. And, yeah. Um, that's when it all set in. That we were all really starting to have a lot of fun. And and your career was back. You were back on. You weren't getting dicked over by teams. You weren't sort of experiencing the shitty part of being a professional. You were back, you know? Yeah, I was getting calls like people want me to ride for them. <laughs> right. and that was like the first time in my career, right? I'm like, wow. I, yeah. It's like May. It's not September. I'm not waiting, like not having any idea what's going on. It's May. Like, it's insane. Um, and that might have been your best outdoor season too, huh? Yeah, I ended up missing three rounds. I think I had a good shot to do really well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I started getting really good results. I think I went um, four or five at Bud's Creek. Yeah, and then I, ended you were... up, I crashed that week. I fully uh, let my ego get the best of me. I remember I, had, I was riding at Oak Hill in Texas, and I had caught Wharton in a, in a moto, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get around him, and I like fully lost it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to blow around the outside of him right here and just show him <laughs> the business, right? Like Him and that hair. And, uh, I'm going to show him and that hair yeah. what's up. And I, I high-sided and blew my shoulder out. And uh, I think I went and had surgery, and I missed three races, and I came back at the third uh, Unadilla with three rounds to go or whatever. And then I ended up I ended up getting on the podium at Southwick, um, mm-hmm. which was which was so awesome. I, like, at that point in outdoors, I was stoked to get a point, let alone <laughs> be in the top five. Right. So Because um, the years prior to that, I think the year prior to that at Steel City, I think I went, 22, 23, and I tried my ass off, dude. <laughs> and like, I gave everything I had, right. and I got out to the truck, and I'm like, I don't know how to go any faster than I just went. <laughs> so depressing. So depressing. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I know a few times where I'd like, you know, the first moto, you get 21st, and you're like, I might as well just pull it off and go to the truck and save my energy, because I, mean, I didn't get anything out of that moto, like a little bit better date pick, but not really. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get any points, so what's the point in that moment? Well, yeah, it was just frustrating. And all of a sudden, I started seeing light in the tunnel and kind of made myself into an outdoor racer, which, like I said, the first two years, I definitely wasn't. Um, and your championship year, you're battling with Moosecan, and of course, you being you, it can't go smoothly. Uh, you crash in Vegas. Did you break your wrist, or did you just crack it? I, I don't know, but... I. I ended up breaking my hand. Uh, Your hand, yeah. Boxer fracture. Yeah, yeah. boxer fracture the outside of the pinky and exploded that thing. Um, and dude, yeah, and of course, it's, yeah, high it's drama. Last lap, last lap of the last time qualifier, and again the ego thing, right? I, I had Muskin behind me, and I felt like I, I finally had got my comfort back from the last couple of weeks of like thinking about the championship and all that. It was like out of my head. And I'm like, I'm just going to lay one down and want to qualify fastest. Like, I, I I can give it to him right now. And he didn't have what I had, I didn't feel like. So, um, yeah, coming in the loops up to finish on the last lap, I dropped the front wheel and it just went south really, really in a hurry. <laughs> Damn. Um, and then, yeah, that was the race, right? Bowers won. Bowers won. Yep. Marvin yep. got second. You got third. Yeah. Um, so, like, even that your championship doesn't come easy you know what i mean you were you were you and marvin were i think clearly the number one and number two riders that year one a and one b and you were racking the podiums both of you um i think he had a really bad opening round didn't he didn't he have a really bad opening round i don't know yeah he Um, crashed the first turn at dallas or something yeah he got like a fifth maybe or six yeah and uh and and for you to come through it was that was an emotional like even watching it from the press box you're like you're like all the subplots that are going on here right now bowers winning Wilbur's got a fractured hand. Marvin's got to get by him. Like, oh, man, it's a high drama. 
Yeah, it was tough too because you know obviously you go sit inside the the semi and I know my hands broke. They X-rayed it, but I told them like, no, don't tell me anything. Like, it doesn't really matter at this point. I have to get ready. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I just you know I was like, well, I'm just gonna tough it out, and it is yeah. what it is. And I think I held Marvin off till like maybe. I don't know, tenth five, lap or yeah, something. five laps to go or something late in the race, yeah, yeah, something like that. And I was just like, well, that's all I have. You know, I don't have anything left. I can't really push any harder. I'm going to crash. So I was like, I just got to hope Dude. that he doesn't pass Tyler. And if he does, hopefully I do too. You know, and yeah, that must have been a helpless feeling. You're like, you got to go, go, Marvin. I mean, you could have been a dick, and 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 you guys were, but you guys were great all year long. That whole title chase. I mean, he's a great guy too. You could have dirtied him up a little bit, and you're just like, no, just just go. I can't. Well, I just felt like there's nothing I can really do right now, you know. That's, oh, yeah, you could have T-boned him. Yeah, I could have just blown us both out, you know, which, <laughs> and to me, I just, I was like, man, well, for one, I don't know if my hand could have taken it. I yeah. might have just blasted off him and crashed by myself, which uh-huh. is a good chance of that. Yeah. Um, and no, I think we had so much respect for each other. I remember there was so much tension all day. Everyone all of a sudden put this rivalry on us at Vegas, right? Like, right, right. Oh, you guys must hate each other and you guys haven't talked to each other all day and like this and that. And all of a sudden, like we're on the gate. I remember when we were sitting on the gate, you know how it is at Vegas. They put like an extra 40 minutes yeah. sitting on the gate and we're sitting there like, and the tensions are getting high. And I looked over at him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, regardless of all this bullshit that's going on right now, like thanks for being such a good competitor all year. And he said, ah, I'm glad you said something. I didn't want to say something all day. And he shook my head, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, that was, you know, right. It was really cool to like go out in the main event and go, all right, the best guy's going to win, and we'll both be happy for each other. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. You, you, more people should be like that, I guess. But there's a lot of money and ego and everything yeah. else at stake, right? And, and I and I get not being like that. And, and I, I get both sides of it. But at that point, I felt like I needed to, like, take some tension out because I, I had felt so much tension at that point where I was like, right. oh, I just got to – this is killing me. You, you, weren't, you weren't thinking about how you're going to do it for America? Well, I mean, obviously I wanted to, but, yeah, I was thinking about just doing it for myself at that point. <laughs> um, hey, your fill-in rides on the factory Honda 450. What did you think of those? How were the, how'd, how'd those go? I loved it. I wish I had been in a little bit better of a position, like not coming off injury when I did them. Right. Um, obviously, I wasn't in the best shape for it and all that, but it was great for me because I got to still go racing, um, experience some better. I think it made me better on the 50 when I went back to it that year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, obviously, just being on the factory team, being around those guys and, Factory Honda is someone that you dream of riding for. So for me to be around those guys, work closely with them, and they mm-hmm. treated me awesome. Um, it was cool. It was a great experience. I, I loved every minute of it. Um, being teammates with Justin Brayton there was was cool. And uh, obviously, we go way back, so it was right. it made it really fun. What's the one mistake you see a lot of riders doing? Um, you know, young guys coming up or, or some vets right now. What's something, I mean, look, and even guys that are better than you and have more titles and, and more wins than you, is there something that you see a lot of guys doing that you're just like, oh, man? Uh, I think I see a lot of guys say that transition from the amateur to the pro ranks thinking that it's going to be easy. I was I was that guy, too. Right, right. I'm not thinking it's going to be easy, but yeah. definitely think it's a hell of a lot easier than, than you even think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming in underprepared and maybe a little bit cocky, and it's not, there's not three guys you got to race anymore. You know, it's, there's a lot that are just as fast as you and want it. You know, maybe more than you. Yeah. So, um, there's that, and I, I think some of the things on even social media that just like I just kind of shake my head at like some of the how you word things, and I don't know. I'm with it's you on that. Generation. I know. Well, it's a different generation. What happened to being? What happened to staying humble? What happened to that? 
Yeah, right. I mean, just <laughs> to me, it's not about you know what car or what this you have or anything like that. At the end of the day, we're still using dirt bikes doing a really cool thing. Yeah, so, and at the end um, of the day, you're not uh, um, you're not Tiger Woods or I mean, look, your buddy, your buddy there, the F1 guy, Richardo. Um, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about you know being a star and having ego. That side of it that you've seen well, Wilbur, those guys are real celebrities. Yeah, where you can't even walk through an airport, you know? No. And it's, like, insane where, where you know, any of us walk through the airport, yeah, once in a while you might get recognized. You might or, get a high or kind of get a photo or something, but yeah. Yeah, but you're not going to get, like, tracked down, like, you know, chased. Like, Lewis Hamilton um, cannot walk anywhere. No, no. And, and you know, it's not quite as normally here in the electric because I don't feel like, like the quite follow that sport as hard mm-hmm. here. But, I mean, people are now, but it's not as big. But, yeah, right. if you were anywhere in Europe, like that dude can't walk down the street. Right. No way. Right. I'm just saying, like, like, I think people in our sport sometimes, and it's not just riders, I think it's industry people as well, um, they lose track of, look, dude, we're not that big of a sport. We're not that big of a deal. We're really not. No. Yeah, at the end of the day, like even like hanging out with Daniel, like he doesn't carry himself like that, you know. Yeah. And that that guy's got so many stuff on his plate, like you know, obligations, and um, you know, everyone. I, I love when everyone bitches in our sport about like autograph signs, right? You know, oh, an hour long dude, every yeah. weekend. Yeah. And I just, I just laugh. I laugh at that because I'm like, these guys show up on like Wednesday. They don't race till Sunday. They have ninety different appearances they got to go to all day long. It's not an hour, you know. It's here at eight, you know, here at ten, and here yeah. at noon for lunch, and then. I'm like, you guys don't even know. You know, you don't have a clue, like, how good we actually have it. And that, to me, I think that everyone could be a little bit better at because the more we do things like that, the bigger our sport will be. Um, yeah. The more you make yourself, you know, accessible to the fans or, or to sponsors, anything like that, Dude. the more outgoing, then, then you're, it'll pay off. Can you imagine, and look, this isn't, uh, I guess this is going to come across as a bit of a slam, but can you imagine Red Bull putting on an event and the Red Bull F1 guy is not showing up for it, a la James and a la Kenny. Like, th- in our sport, it's just, I cannot believe how much the tail wags a dog. I can't believe it. You write checks to these dudes, and these dudes can't show up. And you write big checks, like big-time checks, and these guys yeah. can't show up. Can you imagine if Red- if the Red Bull F1 guys did- didn't do some sort of Red Bull obligation? Like, Wow. There just wouldn't be a choice, you know. <laughs> right, it's, it's just, just be fired. It's like, yeah, there's no like, yeah, I don't think I can make it. It's not like you know what I mean. You, you might want to, or you know. <laughs> but in our sport, it's cool. Whatever, go ahead. Yeah, I always struggle with that. Like any signs that you see guys like not show up to, or they're late, and I'm like, well, it's the same time every weekend. You know, I get if your flight's delayed or something like that. Like, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. But there's just times where I'm like, it's just not. I, it's I don't, not acceptable. I do, but it is in our industry. Everyone just goes, oh, okay. All right. It's bizarre. Yeah, no, that, it's, it's to bizarre. me, I just, I've never understood that. Because that's the one time in a weekend that, you know, a lot of those people that are paying to go to the race or buying the gear that you wear to help pay your check or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's the one time that they look forward to meeting you or meeting your peers or whoever. Maybe it's not directly you, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's all you know, all those guys, so. Um, yeah. yeah, I wish that that was a little bit more taken seriously because until that does, our sport's going to remain not growing until yeah. what it could be, I guess. Or even like, uh, look, I don't really care, but like Anderson and Barsha, they don't talk to me right now. They don't like me. I said something. I might have criticized some of Anderson's moves, uh, or and I don't even know what I did to Barsha, but can you imagine, like, 
and then their teams don't care. Like Rockstar Husky and JGR do not care that these guys do not speak to me. And I'm not putting myself uh, uh, up on the pedestal or anything because I don't care and we're all going to get along fine. But in a major sport, like you have to speak to the media whether you want to let the guy on fire or not. And in our sport, nobody cares. Like nobody says anything. Like I remember the KTM, KTM PR person a few years ago told me, like I can get Marvin for you and um, – uh, J- Justin Hill, and I'm like, okay, can is there possible to get Dungey? And they're just like, no, no. And I'm just like, wow, like things like that in our sport. You're just like, we're small time, man. Jeez. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like that because I mean, that's that's another side of the thing that our sport that everyone loves to follow. Like, you know, a lot of people go online to read the interview to see, like, okay, he got second tonight. I wonder why. You know, like, yeah. Let's let's see what he said. Or maybe there's some kind of drama where he's like, you know, after that guy, you know, cut me off. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many factors like. I, I love watching Formula One and stuff like that, and, and enjoying the in-time radios. And you know, you see Vettel, you know, basically flipping out and telling the director <laughs> right. of the sport to, to, you know, to get effed. Right. And you're just like, wow, <laughs> wow, you know, like, no, you probably shouldn't say those things, but it's 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 cool to see the in the moment, you know, the, the heat of it, you know, yeah. and, and how how much pressure on these guys, and yeah. you know, directly after the race, they don't have a choice, you know, um, they walk down. When they pull in the pit lane, they're getting interviewed. Like, it's fucking boom. It's yeah, on. we're know, doing it. You do, yeah. the, you do the post-race interviews. There's no choice. You know, their PR ladies there or, or guy and, and handling it, and it's done. And they go yeah. back, you bring it for the team, and it's done. You know? And, but there's no choice. There's no out of it. It's You're in it. It's and even, it. like, uh, Antonovich from Transworld's got a couple of guys that he goes up to them and says, hey, can I get a, a how was your weekend? And they just go, no. And we just walk away. They don't like them or they don't want to do it. And it's just like, no, you can't do that. You know, but nah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't uh, be like that. I know sometimes we got a ways to go in our sport, you know. So, um, all right, Wilbur. Well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks, man. Uh, congratulations on a championship and a great career and uh, a lot of podiums, a lot of top tens. And, and again, you have that championship that no one can take away from you. And I, I, I admire your, your honesty and looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? Yeah, it's time. Like some people. Some other people should be like that, I feel like, and, and, and be like, hey, I'm, I still love dirt bike racing and I love the industry. I don't want to do something in that, but, you know, you got to know when it's time. And, uh, and you have, and, and it's tough, but, you know. It is tough. I, just, I see too many people who leave the sport bitter and, and hate it, and I, I never wanted to be like that because yeah. there's, there's so many places oh, there I've seen and so many people I've met. That, like, that there are some guys. Like, there are some guys on Twitter that made a lot of money racing motorcycles that hate the sport right now. I know, and it really bums me out because it's like how all these friends that you've met that you now call your friends, like, had you ever have met him, you know, if you didn't have a dirt bike? No. No. More than likely not. You know, like, I, I probably wouldn't have ever left Kansas, which is fine. I love Kansas, but I never probably would have left there, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you still got to be thankful for the, the places it's taken you and, and the person that's made you or, or whatever. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't want to be like that. And I'm like, man, I still love it right now. And it's it's time to still be in love with it. And then hopefully, yeah, hopefully help kids enjoy it as much as yeah. I can. I mean, look, you're a dude from Kansas, and I'm a guy from Winnipeg, Canada. And we've literally traveled the world due to our love of racing motorcycle, yeah. or, or, or a love of motorcycle racing, I should say. I didn't race we've, it, but yeah. Eating pizza in the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, pretty cool, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I've been to Paris so many times, I don't even care anymore. Imagine that. I know. Like, now it's like... It's pretty sad that before we get spoiled at that it's like not that exciting like oh, it's just not a fight like we, yeah yeah it's it's crazy that we've and both of us have come from these uh 
you know, humble beginnings and you, you're like, wow, this is, this motorcycle racing has given us all this, you know what I mean? And you, and you even yeah. more so, I mean, uh, a factory rider and a championship and everything else. And, uh, I think you're going to find as you get into this gig, well, you're going to hate having to show up at a, at a specific time. Probably all you riders do, but I bet you, you're going to be, you're going to find yourself. And I, I did when I found this when I quit racing or mechanicing. Look, it's a, I'm not comparing myself to you. Uh, as far as being in the spotlight, but as a mechanic, there were so many hours put on and there was so much stress and you don't realize it until you stop. When I stopped mechanicing, I felt better. I was happier. I was spending more time with my wife. I was in a better spot and I didn't realize the stress I was under as a mechanic. And I think you'll find out that, wow, I don't even realize how much it consumed me. No, and I, I can see that. Like, I totally see that. Like, man, it just like it just gets to a point where it's definitely overwhelming. Yeah, you know, where you're like, and and I, I kind of felt that even even when I was in Australia, I felt a moment where I was like, you know, maybe maybe I am making a mistake, like being done. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, right, right. It went right back. You know, you start second guessing. All of us do that. You're like, what's up, Brayden? What's up, Brayden? Check yeah, me out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know what? And then I felt the pressures again. That I, you know, it's, it's just a reason why. I do look forward to that moment where I go to Anaheim this year and I enjoy watching it, not feeling all that pressure. As sad as that is to say, I am kind of looking forward to that moment. Yeah. As hard as it's going to be to watch, it's also going to be nice going like, ah, you know? Yeah. No, you'll, you'll find out, man. I'll, I'll check in with you in six months and I bet you, you'll be, you won't even realize how much, how good you feel because there's no more rehab. There's no more finding a ride. There's no more uh, injuries. There's none of that, you know? Um, and you're going to be like, wow, gee whiz, you know? So, for sure, be great. Well, well hey, I, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Congratulations on a an amazing career. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore dot com RacerX podcast with uh, Will Hahn. Thanks, Wilbur, and see you down the line. All right, all right. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,